everyone, the owl here, and welcome to another episode of Midnight Diaries of a FNP student. It's close to midnight, about 11 o'clock, and I'm prepping to do my last assignment for my term. So my school has eight-week terms. It's still the sixth week, but I'm a little bit ahead of the game. I want to make my, my last assignment. But I'm waiting for the computer to boot up. Um, I have a desktop. It's a Mac Mini, which has been with me since 2012 or 2013. I can't remember. And now it boots up for about 20 minutes. So I decided to put my daughter to bed, tuck her in. And I asked my husband, who is off today? By the way, everybody, happy Valentine's. I hope you had a good Valentine's Day. I'm a little bit late, but I've been very busy. So my husband is off, and he decided to help me tuck in the with the baby. Well, of course, he wants to. And he fell asleep with the baby, so now they're good to go. I wanted to stay in the room and do my assignment there. But my daughter started waking up because there's light in the room due to the computer. So I said, okay, I'm going to move out. I'll just use my laptop to work. I mean, it, it was already taking too long to boot up anyway. I really need to buy a new desktop. But I'm a little bit attached to that Mac Mini because it's my first Mac product. Well, no, my first Apple product was my iPad 4, but for computers, I started shifting to the Mac with my Mac Mini, so it's a little bit close to my heart, and I don't want to lose it, but I'm starting to think it has to go. It just probably needs to go. Anyway, I'm rambling on, and what I really wanted to talk about is how do I prepare for clinicals? In spite of the fact that I am a first-year NP student. So as I said before, in previous episodes, I'm still in my first class, which is the APRN rules class. And I'm really enjoying that class. Um, this upcoming week, we are going to talk about independent practice and working as a contractor and malpractice and making sure that we follow ethical rules. Um, I'm especially interested in the independent practice and MPs going into business and owning their own private practice. So I've been reading that. But at the same time, I feel like I should be prepared for clinical. Now, let me tell you a little bit about my personality. I'm the type of person who likes to jump the gun, which means that I get too excited. I get so anxious. I feel like I'm at the very end, even though I'm, at the ve- I'm still at the beginning. When I was in nursing school pursuing my BSN, I was the same way. I was like, I was a freshman student, and I said, hey, if I survive the first year, that means I'm going to graduate. And I did. So that's my personality. I have goals and 
I want to go get ahead of my goals. So I've been prepping for clinical despite the fact that I am still in my first course and I'm a year away from starting actual clinicals. So why study ahead? I would say you want to know ahead of time the different concepts that you need to learn for class. I believe that by preparing ahead, I would be more successful in class because my semesters for clinicals will be crazy busy. I will have didactic and at the same time clinical. And I know it's the same thing for every school, but I work full-time. I'm also a mother to a vivacious and boisterous child. I'm a wife, and I have other interests aside from school. So I will be a, I would say, like, part-time, but really like a full-time student, because I will be doing clinicals two days a week, a week when I start clinicals. And I'll be going to school at night. So technically, I won't be sleeping when I start clinicals. My brain will be mush. And so I need to help myself ahead of time while it's still not as busy to learn concepts. And if I can just learn some basic concepts or get an overview of what might be covered in clinical courses, then I'm golden. I am not memorizing anything. I'm just reading and trying to understand what sort of like getting a preview of the actual course content so that when I get to the clinical courses, I'm, it's not my first time seeing it. It's not a review either, but it's more of an in-depth really looking at the information. And then the review comes when I'm preparing for boards, right? So I'm getting like three looks. So it's sort of like what they say when you do a speech, you need to have like a, tell them what you're going to tell them and then <laughs> tell them what you want to tell them and then repeat what you want to tell them, something like that. I can't remember what it was, what it is really about, but you know, making sure that you present it three times so that they, you get the point across. So I'm doing that for myself in a way of studying. I'm getting three looks at it, an overview, the actual view, and a review, right? So that's what I've been doing to, to prepare. That's how I've been prepping since I was in nursing school. So this is not new to me. And I've been successful this way. So I know I'm jumping the gun, but I like to pre-study. So this will be a two-part series episode. The first one, I'm going to talk about books, like what books am I reading? Um, if there are multiple books, I think I only read one book. But yeah, so for this episode, I'm going to talk about books um, and other resources. And the second part, I'll talk more about apps because I think I use more apps than the books and other resources. Okay, so let's get into it. So books, I am actually reading one book 
I wanted to get the primary care textbook early on. My school provides us a list of textbooks ahead of time. Now, granted, it can change in the middle of the program, so I'm a little bit wary about buying the books. But I did notice that the book that they recommend for the clinical courses for primary care is currently being revised or to a new ed edition. I don't think it's revised. I think the new edition will come out like later this year. So I was a bit hesitant to buy the textbook ahead of time. If the current edition was a little bit new and I know that they're not going to change to another textbook, I would have bought it. So right now I haven't bought the actual textbook. So I decided that I need to read something else related to family practice that I can use as a resource, um, as an overview. So I decided on something more like a handbook. So like a family practice handbook of some sort. Now I couldn't find any handbook. I'm sure there is one, probably, I don't know. Um, but I found some uh, books related to family medicine. Now, it's not nursing, nursing, it's medicine. But at the same time, we have to admit that family practice is also some type of medicine. We're actually following guidelines for medicine. So I said, well, that's probably a good review. We are assessing patients, we're diagnosing patients, we're treating patients using the same guidelines anyway. So the handbook or or actually it's a case study approach book that I'm using is called Case Files Family Medicine. Now the it's published about three, four years ago, 2015, so it's a little bit old. But again, um, I don't need the latest version. I really just want an overview and I've come to understand that guidelines always change and if guidelines change, then I just need to make sure that I'm aware of the latest guidelines. But what I like about this book is that it's, again, as I said, it's case-based approach. So it provides 60 cases of common family medicine um, cases. That's weird. That's a weird sentence because I just said cases a lot. Anyway, so it has 60 cases, case studies of family, med like, you know, usual family medicine scenarios in practice. And for the first page, it provides a short overview, common questions to consider regarding the case scenario. And then it provides a summary of the responses. And then it goes a little bit more in depth, but still an overview of what to do in that scenario. So. What workups do you need to do? What assessments do you need to do? What diagnostic tests you need to order for your patient? And what are the potential treatments and how you evaluate your patient? And then at the very end, there's like five questions related to what you just read. And hopefully if you read it, then you should be successful. So each case is about eight pages long. And it's a mid-sized book, so it's not that big. So 
I would say it's really concise, a really concise overview of family medicine case scenarios. I'm currently reading the 10th case. As I said earlier, it's about 60 cases. Um, before the case scenario, it talks about why learn using the case study approach and how to study using the case study approach. It talks about the process of um, going through each patient case scenario that you're supposed to assess, diagnose, etc. And then at the very end, it has review questions, but they're not really that. I mean, it's not that many. I would, I would say that's not the most important thing regarding this book. The main thing you're going to get out of this book is the fact that it gives you a case scenario of patients, patients that you will see in family medicine or family practice, and that you'll, you'll get an overview related to that case. So the cases are golden. So why do I want to use this? Well, first and foremost, why use a family medicine book to study instead of a nurse practitioner textbook or handbook? Because I really could read the family practice guidelines for the NPs, and I know there's an app for that. Um, or I could read the NP review book ahead of time, but I feel like I'm jumping too much on the uh, jumping too much with the NP um, review book. So my reason is that I like cases. I want to know the information after seeing a scenario. Another rationale is that I'm assuming. In my FNP school, they're going to present us with case studies. And so I want to be able to see how a case study flows. I'm very familiar with case studies, but I'm not very familiar with how case studies are presented in medicine or NP school. I'm assuming medicine and NP school case studies should be somewhat similar. Third, I like the fact that it gives a very concise yet in-depth overview of how you're going to take care of your patient if they show up to your practice with the signs and symptoms, etc., etc., etc. Why a family medicine book? Um, again, as I said, it's because what we do also as nurse practitioners is a type of medicine. Yes, we're using the nursing model or the nursing approach to things, which is more preventative care. But at the same time, we are doing some actions that are related to a medical service. So this case files, family medicine, I believe, is used to uh, by family residents to prepare for their boards. Um, for family residents to prepare for their practice or for medical students to prepare for their family medicine clerkship. If it's a way for medical students 
and family medicine residents to prepare them for clinical practice, I believe it will help me too. So I really enjoy it. I just finished the ninth case, which talked about geriatric anemia. And so I learned a lot about how I would work up iron deficiency anemia. It gave an overview of um, the different types of anemia. So um, iron deficiency, vitamin B12 deficiency, folate deficiency anemia, as well as anemia of chronic disease or chronic inflammation. So I know a little bit now with the workup. And the information that I learned from this case studies, I also apply when I pre-study using the apps, which I'll talk about in another episode, probably early next week. So I really like it. I would recommend it to you if you guys want to pre-study. If you want to pre-study, let's pre-study together. I'm already on the 10th case study, and again, there's 60. So I, 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 the case studies are really short. I would say about 8 to 10 pages. I know there's a, an upcoming case study, I think, around case 15 or case 20. I can't remember. That's about almost 20 pages long, but maybe it's for a bigger case scenario, like maybe coronary artery disease or hyperlipidemia or something. <laughs> so it's short to the point, and I tell you, right at the very end of the case study, you can be able to answer those questions. They have five questions that cover the content, and you can be able to answer them correctly because you learn so much from reading their concise overview of the topic. I do use other resources, like, for example, podcasts. So I know I'm doing a podcast, but my podcast sucks. <laughs> I, I agree. You guys don't have to tell me, but I, I think my podcast sucks. There are really great podcasts there for family medicine and internal medicine. I highly recommend MedGeeks. Now, recently, they've focused more on in-hospital cases and usually like ER cases. So I'm trying to find other podcasts that focus on primary care scenarios. Um, I, th I still think that they have it. Probably their older episodes. I've been listening to the newer episodes, and they have been more focused on um, cases that you would see either in emergency room setting or maybe the hospital setting as a hospitalist. So I've been wary listening to it because that's a higher level and probably a little bit out of my scope of practice as a family nurse practitioner when I become one. But I still like their podcasts. I know that PrimeMed Conferences also has their own podcast, but I can't remember what the title is. Um, I just found it yesterday. So if I do remember, I'll share it in a, in a later episode. Mm, the AAFB um, Journal, they also have a podcast, which really helps. Um, I would say that their podcast is focused on summarizing some content from their magazine or journal. So I also listen to that. 
and then the hippo ed primary care wrap which is reviews and perspectives wrap means reviews and perspectives they have a free monthly podcast which is about 20 minutes long and talks about different issues related to primary care they also have a pediatric wrap and also an urgent care wrap but mostly i listen to the primary care wrap so podcasts have also been helpful but i've never been an audio person so i have difficulty focusing on listening to audio i have to either see it or I'd rather just read. I have more, um, I, I focus more or I absorb more when it comes to learning if I see it. That's why I'd rather have, I'd rather read something. But I do get some bits and pieces from the podcasts. Somebody recommended to me that MedGeeks does have a um, a video lecture, so I might try that. So, but I'll tell you if I would recommend it. I haven't tried that yet. So mostly it's been podcasts when I have time, but I get distracted a lot in listening to podcasts. So my main recommendation is if you want to pre-study and you want to use a book, use Case Files Family Medicine. Great cases, great overview. You will learn a lot. I don't think that I'll be acing my exams now that I've done an overview with using case files. I know that there's li like little quirks when it comes to clinical courses and using a textbook because sometimes they'll like look at like nitpick different parts of the chapter. But I know that I have a general idea what it is. So I'm not blind going in. And that's the most important thing for me. I hate going in blind, not knowing anything. I'd rather prepare ahead of time and, and say, hey, if I make a mistake, it's not because I was just ignorant and didn't prepare ahead of time. I have some information probably only 10% of what I need to really prepare, but I will be ahead than other people. So, and that gives me comfort. <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty much my take about pre-studying prior to clinicals and what I recommend for pre-studying if you're going to be an MP student and you're in your first class or maybe in the middle of your first year of your NP and you're starting to like get excited for clinical courses. So Case Files Family Medicine is my recommendation. Okay, so in the next episode, I'm gonna talk about apps because as I said earlier, I do use apps more so than the book because with the book, I feel like I need to really sit down and I need to have good lighting to read and sometimes I don't get that because, again, I'm so busy. But apps are really helpful. I have them on my phone, and I can be able to scroll through them while grocery shopping or waiting in line to pay for groceries or when I'm at the bank or when I'm dilly-dallying. <laughs> so I will talk about apps, and I, 
I use a lot of different apps to prepare. Okay, well, I'll see you again next week. I don't really have a schedule for my episodes, right? Okay, um, regarding voice messages, I just realized that you can send me a voice message if you're going to listen to my pad- podcast from Anchor app. So if you have an iOS um, phone or if you have an Android phone, you can download Anchor and you don't have to develop a podcast. Anchor, um, you can just find podcasts through there. And when you listen to Midnight Diaries of a, of a FNP student, you can leave a voice message uh, through, the, through the app and I can be able to answer any questions. I can be able to um, just give you a shout out for listening and leaving a comment. You can even tell me I suck. It's true. Yeah, I, I'm not very organized when it comes to this podcast and this is new to me, but I do want to share what I'm going through while I'm in FNP school. And being a full-time worker and a full-time mother and a full-time wife. So I just want to share things to the world. Okay, well, I'll see you all in the next episode. Good night, everybody, and thank you for listening.